0: Welcome to Reliance's Sunday Sermon. Worship with us at 8, 9.30, or 11 o'clock a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. I want to talk about fasting for a minute, just in case you're a little bit unfamiliar with what fasting is. Um, uh, I know that there's something out there now called, uh, it's a diet plan called intermittent fasting, and I'm sure it's fantastic do that. I'm sure it's gonna be great for you. However, I'm talking about not fasting for weight loss, but for spiritual gain, amen? So when we talk about fasting, I'm not talking about the, any trends that are out there, intermittent fasting. I'm talking about fasting, where you're not fasting for food for the weight loss, but you're fasting from food for the gaining of revelation of the Lord, Okay. And so this is what we're talking about when we talk about fasting. Um, a, A few weeks ago, we talked about hungering for the Lord. And it was just a beautiful morning. We talked about being desperate for Jesus, hungering for the Lord. The altar was opened, and every single service, people were coming up, and they were going, man, I am hungry for the Lord. Lord, make me more hungry. And I started thinking in my own life, how do we get to a place of desperation and hungering for the Lord? And Scripture is chock full of tools, spiritual tools in our tool belt that we use. And one of those tools that we use is the tool of fasting. Scripture says that he's given us weapons that have divine power to break every stronghold of the enemy, right? And so one of those tools is the tool of fasting. And what fasting does is fasting gets our hearts on a singular focus of going, Lord, I just simply want you. Because there's something to this Jeremiah scripture verse that says, seek me and you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. I'm just going to tell you, it doesn't take a sermon for us to understand that the presence of God changes everything. When his presence shows up, everything changes. In my 43 years on planet Earth, I've grown up in the church my whole life. From the time that I was born, my dad was in ministry. And I can tell you, I've listened to countless sermons. I've listened to countless messages. And all of them are great, fantastic, and all of that. But there's never a sermon that's changed my heart as much as when the Lord just simply showed up in my life. And so when we talk about fasting, we're talking about not fasting for God just to simply do something. That's fantastic. Yes, we fast for breakthrough. We fast for what's happening over in Ukraine. We fast for what's happening in our own economy. We fast for what's happening in the nations. There are times when we come together and we fast and we're praying for breakthrough in things. Absolutely. But there's nothing that compares to just simply fasting for the presence of God to come in in your life. To just come in back to his bride again and so fasting is supposed to get us back into the presence of God and I'll tell you why that's important because even while there's war going on when the presence of God changes your heart and the presence of God comes in your life war can be happening and you can be at peace when the presence of God comes you can have an economy that looks really really rough right now right and yet even in that rough economy, when the presence of God comes, you can have peace in that situation. In other words, when we fast for the presence of God, your circumstances will no longer dictate your heart. Jesus will. And so when we fast, we're talking specifically about a fast where we're calling out, crying out, hungering for the presence of God. A few weeks ago, we had a daddy-daughter dance in, at the Goddard School Systems and uh my my wife had told me about it she said hey trinity my youngest daughter she's seven she wants to go to the daddy daughter dance with you and so for a whole week she was telling me daddy daddy there's a dance coming up there's a dance coming up we need to practice our skills right i'm like baby you have never seen your daddy's skills i mean i i watch footloose a lot all right and um so so anyways about like the whole week she was just building up building up building up And it was on a Sunday a few weeks back. And I remember I left church and I rushed home and I put my suit on, right? Which was funny because I put my suit on after church, right? So I put my suit on and I come out the garage and I had these flowers. And I go and I ring the doorbell and I knock on the door and Trinity had had her dress on. And and Trinity, she she stares out the window and she wouldn't open the door because she didn't recognize me with the suit on. And then finally she's like, oh, it's my daddy. <laughs> who is that guy? Right? And so she opens it up, and I give her flowers, and, and I walk her out to the car, and I said, "Trina, I'm going to open the door for you, and I just want you to know, if you ever date a boy who doesn't open the door for you, you ditch him quickly, right? So I open the door for her, and she gets in, and as we start to drive away, she's just, she's just in this, like, oh, enamored place, just giddy, right? She goes, Daddy, you cleaned your truck for me. And then she looks in the back seat, and she goes, kind of. <laughs> and, uh... And so we pull into the parking lot there in Goddard and she's just giddy and then this limo comes and pulls in front of us and this dad gets out with his daughter from this limo and she's like, that's okay daddy, maybe, maybe next year you can get us a limo. And I was like, I will find that guy and beat him. This, this is not to be outdone, right? And so we, we walk in, and the whole time that we're in there, she just, she just wants me to twirl her, right? She just wants to twirl. That's her big thing. She just wants to twirl. And then she wants to use me as a jungle gym, where she's just, like, hanging on me. And so my back's all jacked up, right? And she's just hanging on me. And there came a point in time where I was like, Trinity, this is fun. Let me show you what Daddy can do, right? So I put her here, and I started my foot loose. Here we go, you know? And, and in that moment, she was like, ah, She's seven. She's like, you're embarrassing me in front of my friends. (laughs) She goes, I just want to hang on you. (laughs) I was like, okay, baby. I can show you what I can do. And she says, that's not what I want. I just want to hang on you. I just want to twirl around you. And the Lord was showing me this picture the entire time as we were at this. I was like, I can show you my moves, honey. I can show you my moves. I'm like, I've got other ones. You, You throw a line, I'm a fish or whatever. I can do whatever it takes. Throw a rope and I'm coming, whatever, right? Like, I, I, I like dances. And she was like, Dad, I don't need to see your moves. I just want to be with you. This is, this is this beautiful picture the Lord was just showing me of what it looks like when we're fasting. Yes, there's times where we fast for breakthrough. Let's do that. But what if we just fast and hunger for the presence of God in our life? I just want to be with you. I know what you can do. I read about it all the time. I see it. I know you're a God of miracles. I know you're a God who moves mountains. I know you're a God who parts Red Seas. I know you're a God who can do anything. But really what my heart longs for is just to be with you, Lord. This is the kind of fasting that I think, I believe, the Lord is stirring in his people again. It's the bridegroom calling out. I believe the bride calling out for the bridegroom. We're just ready for you to come. It's not the church just saying simply, we wanna see all your miracles. I love miracles. Yes and amen to those more, more, more. That's beautiful. But it's the heart of the bride crying out to the bridegroom, like, just just come and take me away, right? Like, I just simply want to be with you. And so fasting is a way, and what we're doing is we're just simply expediating, we're fasting, making it fast, getting our hearts to a place of hungering for God quicker. Like, I have a prayer life. You have a prayer life? Yes and amen? Hopefully you have a prayer life. And there are times in my prayer life where I feel like I'm just dragging. Anybody feel like they drag in their prayer life a little bit? Like, I've prayed for, you know, hours, or I've prayed for a few days, and I just feel like the Lord isn't necessarily moving yet, right? Anybody just feel that way, if we're just honest? Like, you feel like I can't hear the Lord, or where's he at? What fasting does is it just adds another element in there because fasting is cutting out something. In the Bible, it was always food. It was cutting out or abstaining from food. In our generation, we do media fasts and all these other kinds of fasts, but specifically in Scripture, it was taking something that we all need, sustenance, food, and it was putting that to the side for a moment and saying, Lord, what I really want is I just want to hunger for you. And so what that fasting partnered with prayer does is that you go without food for a day or two or 40, right? And all of a sudden you start to go, ah, I feel pains in my stomach. And the Lord goes, do you want me? And you're like, I really want food. And he goes, is it going to save you? No, but it'll make me not hangry anymore, right? And he's going, this is it, man. Everything is vying for your attention. It's that food, it's whatever, replace it with whatever. It's vying for your attention, and I'm so ready for your hearts to get solely on me. And so fasting and scripture would take the heart of these men and women and would put their singular focus on the Lord. And so there was this, it, it, it's supposed to cause you to have these hunger pains, and when the hunger pain comes, that moment that you go, oh, man, my stomach is growling, you go, oh, the only thing that's going to fulfill that is the Lord. And when the pain comes in, you're like, oh, I feel famished. The only one who's going to help me feel strength is the Lord. And so it just gets our focus radically on him. And when you begin to fast and when you get to begin to add fasting in your prayer life, you'll see usually like this, this I guess, faster, immediate, immediate result, not immediate result, but a faster result of going like I'm longing for the Lord more so than I've ever longed for him before. And so this is what fasting does. And like I said, there's different kinds of fasting, but scripture in Matthew 5 that we like to camp out a lot in the Beatitudes, it's a big one in Matthew 5, 6, says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be what? Satisfied or filled. In other words, if we're... If we're not satisfied in our life, if you're going home from work and you're going home and you just feel like this thing in your heart where you're just like, I'm not satisfied in life. I just feel some unsatisfaction in life. My, my, my word to you would be we're probably pursuing the wrong things. If you feel like in your life you're not satisfied, it's probably because we're pursuing the wrong things. Because he said, blessed. Those who do this are blessed. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be satisfied. It's a promise. And so the question becomes then, how do I get my heart to wrap around this idea of fasting? I want to tell you why this is such a big deal, in Philippians 3.18, I've been camped out here a lot with our house church as well, in Philippians 3.18 it says, for many of whom I've often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Right, we've talked about this a thousand times. We love Jesus, we don't always like his ways. We love the idea of Jesus, Savior, all that stuff, we don't always like how his ways are going to lead us to the cross. Take up your cross and follow me, right? And he says, many are enemies of the cross or walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. And he's gonna tell us these words. Their end is destruction, their God is their what? Their belly, their pleasure, their desires, the things that we fill ourselves with. Oh, that I would just desire that, and I have this pleasure and that pleasure. And he says, Their God is their belly, it's their pleasure center. This is why fasting is so important, because what we're saying is, This is not going to be my God. The pleasure center of my life, that media, that thing that I do, and I run to it all the time to try to fill my life, is not going to be my God. He goes on, he says, they glory in their shame with mindset on earthly things. Why we're fasting is to get our eyes and our minds off of earthly things and start to get our minds and our hearts on heavenly things. To get everything changed, our perspective off of what's happening on the earth and our perspective on what's happening with Jesus. Jesus. This is why we fast. This is why there's a global call to fast right now. It's to get our eyes off of the world and our eyes on to Jesus as the church again. Oh Lord, I know what's happening all over here. I know it, but our eyes are fixed on you. And I know what your promise says. This is why there's a global call to fasting. It's also out of obedience. In Luke 5:33, Jesus tells us, that his disciples will fast. There's some people that came to Jesus that was observing that John the Baptist's disciples were fasting, and that even the Pharisees had disciples that were fasting. And they came to Jesus and said, John the Baptist's disciples fast and pray, so do the disciples of the Pharisees, while your disciples are always eating and drinking. Jesus responded, do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not, but someday... The groom will be taken away from them, and they, everybody say, will, Will. and they will fast. It is a command. From the Lord. And so, what he was giving them a picture of is when his presence was there, when he was with his disciples, they didn't need to fast. He was there. If they had need, he took care of it. If they were hungry, he was giving them bread and he was multiplying it. If they were worried or fearful because of storms, he calmed the storms. When his presence was there, they did not have to worry. But he knew what was coming, that he would be taken away that he would be crucified, that we'd raise on the third day and that he would ascend into heaven. And so he says those words, there will be a day when I'm taken away, when when the groom is taken away and then my disciples will fast. Church, that time is now. It's time to fast and it's time to cry out for more than just break through this or break through that. It's time to cry out now, Lord, we need your presence more than ever before. I mean, yeah, end that war and end this and do this thing and break through this and and end this thing, but more than anything, just fill your body again with your presence. It's time, and so there's this call to a global fast, and I'm telling you why obedience is so important, because we can come and do all of our sacrificial things, but the Lord has something to say about that in 1 Samuel 15, 22. Has the Lord as great Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Here's what he tells us. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. He's like, you can come and do all your sacrificial religious things or you can obey and what I really want you to do is I want you to fast and pray. I want you to cry out and I want you to fast and pray because he says the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away and they will fast in those days. This is our response in these days. When tension rises and things are happening, we fast and we pray. And that's the mandate on the church that we're supposed to obey, amen. And that time is now. And I'll tell you, all the psalmists understood this. Psalm 42, one through three, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you, oh my God. Psalm 107, nine, he satisfies the thirsty and he fills the hungry with good things. Even Joel 2, 12 says, even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart with fasting and weeping and mourning. This is that time. I wanna read to you really quickly the kind of fast that we're we're actually calling ourselves to though. It comes from Isaiah 58 and it's long but I don't care, we're gonna read it anyways. <laughs> he says, ah, oh, this is convicting. Because he's, he's gonna hammer down on some things. He says, they seek me daily, they delight to know my ways as, as if they were a nation that did righteousness. In other words, they have a form of godliness, but they're denying some power. And did not forsake the judge. And he says, as, 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 as though they were a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the judgment of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why have we fasted and you see it not? In other words, they're saying, God, we're fasting, can't you see it? Like, we're coming, we're doing this thing. Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own what? You seek, oh, it's not up there. Maybe it is. <laughs> I was like, wow, no response. Okay, you seek your own pleasure. In the day of the fast, you seek your own pleasure. It's like, Lord, I just want what I want and oppress all your workers. Listen, behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with the wicked fist. Here's what he's saying. You're fasting while you're still breaking each other down. Look what he says, he's not done. Oh, he is not done. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high. Is such a fast that I choose a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? And here's what he tells us, this is the fast that he wants. Is not this the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of wickedness? to undo the straps of the yoke and to let the oppressed go free to break every yoke is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring to the homeless uh, bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily your righteous shall go before you the glory of the lord shall be your rear guard then you shall call on the lord and he will answer you shall cry and he will say here I am if you take away the the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, I'm gonna read that again, the pointing of the finger, one more time, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desires of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as noonday and the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. Amen. When we talk about fasting, it's not saying, Lord, fasting so that I can just simply just get something. There are times when we do that, and I'm totally understanding that, but we're talking about the kind of fast now where the Lord wants to shake the planet and let the oppressed go free. We're talking about the kind of fasting, a global fast. We're talking about brothers and sisters all over the globe. We're all fasting. And we're saying, Lord, shake the earth once more so that in this shaking of the earth, chains fall off, the oppressed go free, and wickedness ceases in Jesus' name. Like this is a global fast that we're saying, Lord, we believe right now in 2022 that this could be a year where we fast globally as a body, not just for our individual breakthroughs. Yes and amen to that. Do that all day long. But we're praying something much bigger than ourselves. We're praying this Isaiah 58 fast. We're praying for the hungry to be fed and the naked to be clothed. We're praying for the poor to know that they have a home to come into we're praying now, Jesus, that justice rolls like a river, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. And so tomorrow, everybody say tomorrow, on Monday, that means if you got to go home and get your stuff today, get your stuff today, tomorrow, Monday, March the 7th, all the way to April 15th, we're calling the church to a 40-day fast. I'm not gonna be legalistic about it. Do however you wanna do. If that's 40 days of saying a Daniel fast, that's really what they're calling people to do is the Daniel fast. You can look that up. But it's basically no meats, no sweets. It's vegetables and beans and different things like that. And Daniel fasted in such a way, when he fasted it says the angel of the Lord came to him. So you can Daniel fast this thing, you can cut out a couple meals, Whatever the Lord calls you to fast, it's just simply supposed to increase a desire in you. But there is one thing I'm asking all of us to do together. They're calling it the Jesus fast or the Passover fast or the blood of the lamb fast. That every day for 40 days we would take communion. Go home, buy your grape juice, buy your wafers, buy your Gatorade, I don't really care. But when you take that Gatorade and you take that wafer, that cracker, and you break that cracker, you say, this is your body broken for the globe. This is your blood poured out, broken for all people, that we would know your presence once again, that we would hunger and thirst for your righteousness once again. So for 40 days, fasting together, for how, whatever that looks like, and for 40 days, taking communion together, from March the 7th tomorrow, till April the 15th, right before Easter, that we'll commit to fast together and that we'll take communion wherever you're at, your home, your workplace, every day for 40 days, we're gonna take communion together. So will you bow your heads and close your eyes? And I'm asking you just to make this commitment between you and the Lord. We're not legalistic, if you mess it up, just get back on that horse again you forget one day it's okay the Lord knows your heart but I'm picturing us in this moment saying Lord this isn't for some other place this isn't for some other country to do this isn't for some other people group to do this isn't for somebody else to really pray through this and break through this isn't for the charismatics this isn't for the Calvinists this is for all God's people to say once again God globally we're going to fast together we're going to cry out for the presence of God then we're gonna see the greatest movement of God on planet Earth. Maybe the greatest revival can come from this that we've ever seen on planet Earth before. Where all men and all women and all children will come to know Jesus. That's our prayer. So Father, I pray over every heart in this room that we would commit our ways to fasting together for the next 40 days. And breaking bread, taking communion at our houses every day for forty days to pray the blood of the Lamb over every man, woman, and child on planet Earth, and then we pray, Jesus, Your presence would be released into the hearts of every man, woman, and child. In Jesus' name, we pray. And all God's people said, "Amen." We got to stand up. I want to commission you to go that on March the 7th tomorrow, we've got a couple hundred people in this room. They're gonna fast for the presence of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in today. To find out how to get more involved, go to reliancecommunity.org great week